The Seven Fictional Tales About Sugar. happening. This is Isai Rodriguez, host of the Daspination Podcast, where I cater to the professional working man, 40 and above, who's looking to make positive changes to his health, lose weight, and become stronger overall through simple lifestyle changes. I'm here to share inspiration, tips, and proven lessons that I've personally learned and lived through in my 40 plus years on this here beautiful blue planet. So today we'll start the discussion off by talking about why cereal for breakfast is no good in our first segment. Then we'll move on to our second segment and talk about the seven fictional tales about sugar. And listen, your health and fitness goals are easier to achieve than you think. First and foremost, it's about getting your mind straight right from the get-go. And so I've got a freebie for you called the 10 Dadsplanation Mind Hacks that'll help you whip your mind into shape so that you can turn around and whip your body into shape. Does that sound good to you? Then get on over to podcast.dadsplanation.com slash mindhacks to get your freebie today and start using these 10 hacks to exercise consistently and create the real lasting results that you're truly after and that you absolutely deserve. That's podcast.dasplanation.com slash mindhacks. Again, that's podcast.dasplanation.com slash mindhacks. Be in the know starting right now. Also, don't forget to rate me on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to this episode right now. And leave me a nice, fat, juicy five-star review and some absolutely beautiful words of why you love the show so much. It really helps me get the word out and it's honestly the one place where your vote truly matters. And now let's move into our first segment with Healthy Conversations. Oh yeah, oh yeah. How is everybody out there? It has been a little bit on the chilly side over here on the west coast of the USA. And um, yeah, (laughs) I hope you guys are feeling great. I hope you are in great health. You're feeling awesome. I hope your family is blessed. I'm sending you all the warmest regards (laughs) wishing you the best and uh yeah have you guys let me let me ask you something there's uh i don't know if you've heard um there's this rare form of hepatitis this uh that's going around that's going across um the eu and the us and the uk and it's it's affecting children of all people like i'm not sure have you guys heard about this like doctors are literally scratching their head over this uh this new variant or or this this outbreak of hepatitis because in the past years like in the past what they call normal years i suppose like these hepatitis cases in children in the uk like they've i mean they've been there you know present but but the numbers were really low like in the single digits and uh, and last week alone 60 cases were reported in like like across the UK so that you know obviously people are starting to get nervous they're starting to be concerned about this strain this outbreak of hepatitis uh that, that's going around and, and it, it's apparently it's causing like um like liver problems in children and stuff so this uh, this, uh, I guess they narrowed it down to the adenovirus 41 is what it's called. And, um, yeah, it's, it's like this rare outbreak of, of, uh, 
of hepatitis in young children and and they just like they don't know what's causing it and why uh why are the numbers spiking basically you know what i mean so it's kind of it's kind of strange uh, you know, and, and doctors are wondering why is it on the rise? Where did it come from? And how do we handle it? You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, but but I mean, <laughs> they're looking into it, and um, the, I guess what's concerning them is the fact that the numbers are so high, because I mean, I, this particular strain, I believe, I mean, the 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 news is just coming out, so I'm not, I don't have all the, I don't have the full details, but uh, yeah, it's. So I mean the, the again the, the specific variant th- this strain I guess has been around but there what's concerning is the numbers again so they're a little like you know like what do we do about this you know so what they do know is that it was not caused they're saying it's not caused by the any covid vaccinations or anything like that because uh most of the children that were testing positive for this for this form this strain of hepatitis they said that most of them have not been vaccinated just yet for for covid so they're pretty confident at this point that it's it's not that you know like it they're not uh, it has nothing to do with these uh these vaccinations you know so anyway i i just found that interesting and uh, concerning at the same time um and again the the information is still pouring in i suppose and um yeah let's hope we're not on the edge of another outbreak here but that being said uh let's move into our first segment here with healthy conversations so in this week's installment of healthy conversations uh we're talking about why cereal for breakfast is no good (laughs) so what did you have for breakfast this morning? Let me ask you that. Like, let, let's drop it in the comments. We're starting this episode off uh, with some interaction. Like, we're we're gonna get this. We're gonna pop this. We're gonna get this going right now uh, because I'm curious. You know, I'm curious to know what you've all been having for breakfast lately. What what is it like? So for me, it's been mostly oatmeal with berries or granola, or maybe some scrambled eggs with avocado and toast. Uh, I, I mean, I love eating. And especially breakfast, because I know that whatever I eat is going to set me up for the rest of the day. You know what I mean? And and I also know that I'll have the entire day to burn off my breakfast. Like there's plenty of time to work up a sweat, to walk, to, to, to get active, to stay active. So all the calories that you take in for breakfast, you'll have damn near the entire day (laughs) to burn that off. You know what I mean? So win-win right there, if you ask me. But when you, have you ever felt like breakfast is the only reason to get out of bed in the morning? Like, (laughs) I ask you that, like for me, uh, I, I, I mean, sometimes it is because I wake up, and I'm like, oh, I'm pretty, pretty damn hungry, if you ask me. <laughs> and that's what's like, that's what wakes me up, because otherwise I'd be, you know, I'd be sleeping like uh, uh, Sleeping Beauty and whatnot. But uh, but that's that's another story uh, for real. Like sometimes it feels like the only reason to get out of bed in the morning is for your breakfast and maybe, you know, your morning coffee. But uh, <laughs> that may be true on so many levels, but we can't forget about the all important component of your morning, which is breakfast, you know what I mean? Like I said, the food you eat first thing in the morning sets the tone 
for your entire day. Like it's your nutritional foundation, the pedestal from which your day uh, gets the jump, like how you set yourself up. We naturally fast overnight while we sleep. And so when we wake up in the morning to eat breakfast, this ends your fast, obviously, you know, it breaks your fast. For So, so for this reason, you want to be intentional about how you do that. You know what I mean? You'll want to think of your first meal like a clean slate because it is really <laughs> that's that's the first meal of the day. You're getting your day started and you want to start your day off right. Because, <laughs> you know, if we're going to do things, if we're going to do things intentionally, why not do it the right way right off the bat? You know what I mean? But uh, so whatever you eat is going to go into an empty digestive system and empty stomach ergo clean slate <laughs> you know what i mean and so eating sugary cereal for breakfast isn't doing your body and mind any favors let's just put it out there <laughs> you know most breakfast cereal uh is lean in the protein department and the fiber department you know what i mean like but but they make up for it <laughs> they totally make up for it in in the sugar department you know what i mean so like which is not good you know how sugar can easily get you going fast but then it leads to a nice little crash and, and, and leads you to uh looking for more right plus a ton of breakfast cereals are you know, they're, they're highly processed, which means they practically have zero nutritional value, you know, to offer. You can think of it like an emotionally unavailable person you're in love with. <laughs> I'll go there, you know. So what I mean is that sugary cereal gives you a, a high that only lasts for a little bit, you know, and then leads to a crash. Sounding familiar? <laughs> and we've talked about this before, but a high sugar meal or even just high sugar foods in general, like what's gonna happen is that they raise your blood sugar super quick. So you get that uppity feeling, you get that high for lack of better terms that you're looking for, that you're after. And that's because your body breaks down sugar pretty fast. So it enters your bloodstream like that quickly, you know? This, this can make you feel jittery and anxious, and then later on you'll feel uh, tired and irritable, you know, because uh, your blood, pre your uh, I'm sorry, your blood sugar crashes, you know, obviously. And, and don't forget that you're gonna get hungry again pretty quickly because that's the way the body works. That's the way sugar ends up, that's what it ends up doing in your body. So what makes a healthy breakfast healthy? Oh, that's a great question if you ask me. Excellent question. And here's what the experts say. What they say is that there are there's a lot of components or elements that make up a healthy breakfast, quote unquote, like I'm using air quotes here. Uh, generally, uh, you'll want your breakfast to have a mixture of proteins from uh, eggs or cottage cheese, some healthy fats from nuts and seeds and avocado, whole grains from oatmeal or other nutrient-rich bread, <laughs> you know, and also some hydrating fruits like um, strawberries and oranges and blueberries, things like that. And this last part is super important because most of us wake up dehydrated right from the get-go. So adding these hydrating fruits will definitely help you feel refreshed. 
and awake. <laughs> so be sure to replace your sugary cereals with things like cottage cheese, oatmeal, uh, pre-made smoothies, or even eggs. Like the, the, that's what you, you should always. You should also aim to have flavors and textures that you that you're craving in the morning. You know, because this is what I found over the years is that if you uh, deny yourself what you're actually craving, you can easily end up having two or three breakfasts uh, like like because you you end up chasing that that you're uh, you know, that you're craving that that uh, desire to fulfill that craving that you're after until you do that. <laughs> you're going to continue eating and eating and eating. So why not just do it right off the bat? If that's what you're after, is that if that's what you're craving, give your body what it's craving. Now, this will generally lead into an unhealthy lunch or just a day full of meals that just don't satisfy you at all if you don't feed that craving. This is the worst position you can be in, and this is what happens to a lot of people and why they can't stick to any specific diet, you know, in particular. So, for example, if you're craving the crunch of a cereal, then it's pretty safe to say that a mushy bowl of oatmeal is probably probably not going to cut the mustard. You know what I mean? So it's just not going to be satisfying to your body because that's not what you, you know, that's not what your body is like. That's not what it wants, you know? And, and, and that's why I personally love granola. It gives me, it gives it that crunch that that i'm sometimes after you know and that reminds me we found this great natural granola from a sprouts market i don't know if uh, if you all have a, a sprouts market by you but uh, i forgot what it's called but i'm pretty sure it's uh, locally sourced you know like they have uh they have it in this big barrel and um you kind of scoop it out <laughs> with the big scoop and then you put it in the bag and you, you know do the little zip tie thing and uh you know everything has a skew number you know so you have to write that on the on the bag it's super delicious because it's flavorful and it's not that sweet you know but listen if you can't give up your cereal in the morning that's cool no big deal <laughs> just look for one with a short ingredient list <laughs> they're out there trust me uh, there, there are healthy cereals out there that have short ingredient lists, and, and that's what you're looking for. That they're they're low in sugar, contain nutrients like whole grains and fiber and protein, uh, and some good examples actually. Uh, some of these brands that that I found that that have these uh, you know whole grains and fiber and protein stuff like that. Uh, our Forager Project, uh, Magic Spoon, uh, Cascadian Farm. Uh, th there's a couple other ones, but those those are the three that kind of jump out at me right now. That kind of that are in the back of my head. These three are great examples of brands that have improved the, the traditional bowl of cereal. You know what I mean? They've basically upgraded cereal to 2.0. You know, and if you want to. Take it even further, you can try mixing cereals that deliver on different fronts, like on different nutritional fronts. So if you have um, a, a cereal that has that, that that's primarily fiber and then another cereal that's that maybe has protein, you can kind of combine them, like do like a half and half deal and then add in some walnuts and blueberries and then finish it off with your, you know, your milk of choice. Uh, and, and then you, you have the best of both. You have fiber. You have you have it all. Basically, like it gives you a nice, good foundation in your uh, stomach to get your 
uh, day started the right way with plenty of energy, with plenty of nutrition in your uh, stomach, <laughs> you know, to get you, give you the energy you need to get going. So you can basically create your own high fiber, high protein cereal mix. You know, that's what I do. You know, sky's the limit. Just think outside the box for lack of better terms. You know what I mean? No pun intended, but uh, you know, that, that, that's how you do it. That's how you get there. And so the more you know, the better you'll be. And now with all that said and done, let's switch gears and move on to our second segment with Mighty Man. Oh yeah, oh yeah. These uh, sugar, <laughs> sugary cereals are no good. I think we, we kind of know that, but it's, it's good to reinforce that train of thought so that, you know, it's kind of in the back of our heads because it's true what they say. If you don't use it, you lose it. So if you're not thinking about it, if you're not uh, practicing enough, you know, just bringing it back up in memory reinforces it so that when you're out there when in the morning you know when you're in your uh when you wake up you're in your pjs you're walking around the the kitchen trying to figure out what you want to eat for breakfast to get your day started you have that in the back of your head and speaking of staying away from sugary cereals uh in this week's installment of mighty man we're talking about the seven fictional tales about sugar so all the lies <laughs> basically that they've been feeding you about sugar we're going to confront i call them like the seven top <laughs> lies if you will you know what i mean so there are a few things that we can all say for sure about sugar number one is that it tastes great right we could all agree that on that one and number two it's really really confusing what what everybody says because you hear one thing from one person you hear another from another you hear this doctor say this you hear this you know th then you have like diets built around no sugar and things like that and, and it's it's confusing <laughs> you know what i mean and while we can all agree again that sugar isn't exactly a health food i think you know that we all know that <laughs> there is a lot of misinformation about how sweet stuff kind of factor into uh you know into your diet into your daily uh routine you know so for example are some types of sugar healthier than others like that's a question that i've thought of you know that that, that has come up in my mind and I'm, i know uh not only for me but it has for many others because when i get talking with others like that like that topic comes up you know and will, here's another one, will cutting sugar out of your diet really put you on the fast track to losing weight? So let me tell you, the answers might not be what you think. You may even be a little surprised, you know what I mean? So anyway, here are the seven things that even nutrition savvy people may not realize about sugar. <laughs> And more important than that, what you should do or what you should know about fitting it into your diet. Are you ready to rock? <laughs> Drop a nice headbanging emoji in the comments. Let, let's, let's get this started right here, right now. Uh, let's just lay it all on the table. So the first is you should cut out sugar from your life completely. Have you heard this before? <laughs> you know, I'm sure you have. And you'll be surprised to know that the answer is, ready for this one? No. <laughs> you don't need to cut sh added sugar out of your life completely. You don't have to go uh, zero sugar, like no more sugar in your life. It's not necessary. 
Now, that being said, there are, you know, there's different recommendations from different health organizations for the amount of sugar you should limit yourself to per day, you know, but what they all agree on, like, so there's different, uh, like this organization says one thing, the other organization says another thing, but what they all agree on is this, this, this point here is what they all agree on and that there's certainly room for some sugar in a healthy diet. Uh, let that sink in there for a bit. Now, I won't get into the boring details, but ultimately, your body really doesn't need sugar, period. So technically, cutting it out of your life completely could be a good alternative, but it's not necessary, you know what I mean? So having less is obviously better, you know what I mean? But that doesn't mean that you can't have any at all. You know, it's all about, <laughs> you guessed it, moderation. So that being said, we'll move on to the second fairy tale that you're being fed about sugar, and it's this. All sugar is bad sugar. Hmm. I, 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 you're, you've probably heard over and over again how uh, about how we should all be eating less sugar, but what experts really mean is that we should be eating less added sugar. That's the additional sugar in foods <laughs> to make them taste sweeter, you know? Like, like the brown sugar in chocolate chip cookies or the honey that you drizzle on your yogurt. These added sugar, like added sugar is different than the sugar that's naturally found in some foods like fruit or milk. So for example, when you consider natural sugar from fr uh, fruit, this natural sugar comes with a package of vitamins and minerals and nutrients all combined, all mixed in. Like it's all one solid, like one package right there. Like you, you get like, like you don't get one without the other. You get the sugar. Yes, but it does. You know, you also get vitamins. You also get minerals and you also get other nutrients that, that help offset some of that, you know, some of the negative things about sugar that, that con that's contained in the fruit, you know? So for instance, the f with fruit, you get fiber, you know, that causes your body to absorb sugar at a slower rate. And that's one of the biggest things of, uh, about sugar is, that, is how quickly your body absorbs it, you know? So that fiber helps offset that fast absorption into your blood. So don't worry about things like whole fruit or plain dairy yogurts. What you do want to worry about are the added sugar type foods things like desserts uh can like cans of coke or pepsi like the soda uh or or even packaged foods like these are the things you really need to keep an eye on that's what you need to remove out of your diet the third fictional tale is sugar is making you sick <laughs> maybe you've heard that you know eating sugar will give you heart disease cancer or even Alzheimer's, but the reality is that eating sugar in moderation isn't going to shave years off your life. Like there have been studies conducted to find links between sugar and these illnesses, but you know, they couldn't, they couldn't link it to an increased risk of death. Again, as long as you don't overdo it, and I can't emphasize that enough, as long as you do not overdo it, <laughs> You know, and that's what we're talking about here, the whole moderation thing, you know? If you're overdoing it, you're not eating in moderation, period, you know? As long as you don't overdo it, you know, there, there has been no link to increased risk of death. So while small amounts of sugar doesn't seem to be harmful, having too much can put you at a risk 
for gaining weight. And it's the whole gaining weight, quote unquote, like the, 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 that's the thing that brings with it all these other nasty goodies like diabetes and heart disease. But if you think about it, like so, so can having too many potato chips, too much cheese or even too much brown rice, you know, like anything like that overdone, you know, will lead to these types like, again, diabetes and harpies and all this, uh, all this other stuff. If you have too much of anything, you're going to develop some sort of health issue. So here's the thing. If you want to treat yourself to a donut on Sunday mornings, go for it. <laughs> it's not going to kill you in any way. However, if you know that eating this one donut will trigger you to eat several more and send you over your daily calorie limit, then you might want to stay away from the donuts, you know? You know yourself best. I've said that before. Don't kid yourself. You're only, you're only fooling yourself, you know what I mean? So otherwise, you know, if that's not you, if you can control yourself, you know that you can treat yourself to a donut or a piece of cake or a slice of pie or something like that then treat yourself. You deserve it. Just remember, this is not a green light to have treats all the time. It's called a treat for a reason. <laughs> you know, we're talking about once or twice a week at most. Remember, in moderation, then you're good, you know? On to the fourth fairy godmother story <laughs> of sugar is that sugar-free is a good alternative. Have you heard this, this whole thing that you replace your stuff that contains sugar with things of similar, like a similar product, similar food that's sugar-free. Now, I'm not sure where this load of bull came from. <laughs> I mean, I've been hearing this one for the longest time now. And, and what I can say is that it might be tempting to trade sugary foods for alternatives, like, you know, foods made with low or no calorie sweeteners, uh, like Sweet and Low and what are the other ones, Stevia and all that crap. I, I know that you're well aware of these. Like, you know all these low-calorie, no-calorie sweeteners. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, the ever-popular diet soda, Diet Coke, you know, or sugar-free cookies. But this could actually backfire on you. And, and in all honesty, it's not likely to be any healthier for you than regular foods with the added sugars in them. Because here's the thing, with these artificial sweeteners, like again, aspartame and uh, saccharin and sucralose, <laughs> it just came to me, all these, like they've been linked to weight gain, not weight loss. So think about that. Uh, in fact, according to an analysis of 37 studies published in the Canadian Medical Association journal, uh, journal they've gone on record to find and found that not only do these artificial sweeteners not help much, but they've been tied back uh, or linked to weight gain. Ain't that some shit? You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's not all. Like they're they're also tied to a higher risk of like high blood pressure and type two diabetes and metabolic syndrome and heart attacks and strong. You name it, and it's been linked with with these artificial sweeteners. So what? Are you gaining out of that? <laughs> think about that. How, how do you like that? Drop it in the comments. Tell me what you think about all these artificial uh, sweeteners. Do you use them? <laughs> like, why do you use them? Think about that. If they've been linked to all these conditions, you know, why 
use these sweeteners when you can just use the real thing, the real deal, <laughs> you know? Now, here's a little dose of reality, too. The experts still don't fully understand how these sweeteners fully affect the body. After all, like, think about it. These, these are chemicals we're talking about here. And with all chemicals, <laughs> there are short-term effects and there's long-term effects, you know? But there's a growing amount of evidence that suggests that artificial sweeteners can have a negative impact on blood sugar. This evidence is, is growing by the day, basically. <laughs> showing how it makes it harder to keep your appetite in check. And even it, it messes with your gut bacteria. It throws it all out of whack. These three things alone, like these are the types of effects that literally put you at risk for obesity and other uh, health-related problems. So if you've been drinking the Kool-Aid, as they say, if you've been drinking that Kool-Aid and, and, and <laughs> when it comes to sugar-free alternatives, again, you're better off sticking to foods made with regular sugar and simply limiting the amount that you eat. That's, that's it. <laughs> it's really a no-brainer. Again, moderation. Moving along to the fifth lie, because let's face it, these are pretty much just lies, what they're they're kind of feeding you. The fifth thing is that you'll lose weight on a low or no sugar diet. So yeah, I suppose you can argue that limiting your sugar intake can help you reach your weight loss goals. Uh, I don't think there's anyone that can deny that, but <laughs> that's only if you're mindful of your overall calorie intake because the reality is that it's really easy to trade sugary foods for not so sugary foods, you know? That's easy, but are these replacements actually any good? <laughs> like, think about that. I, I've gotta be careful with these, you know, so-called alternatives. Sometimes they actually have more calories than sugary versions, and, and I don't think I have to tell you that more calories leads to more weight gain. So keep that in mind. Low or no sugar diets, cannot guarantee weight loss. So for example, when I first started keeping track of my food choices uh, and started taking the, you know, choosing the healthy choice, you know, what, what I found was that my egg and sausage breakfast sandwich alternative wasn't all that better than the bowl of frosted mini wheats I was eating, you know what I mean? So basically having a 600 calorie egg and sausage breakfast sandwich instead of the usual 300 calorie bowl of cereal well uh, that wasn't really helping me get back into my skinny jeans let's say <laughs> you know what i mean but and let me tell you the, the sandwich was in fact much lower in sugar but the overall calorie count was practically double of what i was having with the cereal but what you can and should do is choose the unsweetened versions of the foods that you normally eat so for instance, plain yogurt versus plain uh, vanilla yogurt, you know? And if you can't find a good replacement, then try gradually cutting back on the amount of sugar that you add to foods like oatmeal and coffee and smoothies. That's actually how I was able to strip out sugar from my coffee. I slowly dialed it back until finally I started drinking it black and without sugar. Like, I, and I was the type that, I loved my coffee, light and sweet, as they as they say. You know, you can find many a people on the streets of New York that love their coffee, 
light and sweet. But and I was one of them, you know. But I was able to uh, to dial it back to 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 reel it in basically. And now I drink my coffee black with no sugar, just like straight, <laughs> you know. And now now that I'm thinking about coffee, I think I'll make me a nice Nespresso once I'm done here. You know what I mean? But before that, let's wrap this up here. Three more little hacks to go. The sixth sugar lie is sugar is a drug and an addiction. So where do I where do I begin with this? This whole comparing sugar to drugs for you know drugs of abuse is is a simplistic way of looking at it. It's the Fisher Price example of what it is and how it fits into your life. We know that sugar stimulates the brain. It gives you that hit of dopamine almost that it makes you feel good inside these feelings of pleasure and reward like they can become associated with addiction or or abuse because i mean let's face it they are similar you know but that doesn't make sugar an addictive drug so why do some people get such a rush when they eat sugary snacks and why do they feel like they need a regular fix to keep from crashing well like i mentioned earlier uh, eating the sweet stuff causes your blood sugar to spike and then quickly drop, you know? So you have that, there's that quick up and down with your, your with your blood sugar levels. And this basically translates into a period of time where you're wired, you know, you're up, you're going, you're doing this, you're doing that. And then there's a period of time where you come down quickly or you crash and then all of a sudden you have no energy and you're practically falling asleep at your keyboard. <laughs> this crashing part leaves you feeling tired and with a headache. And this crashing feeling often leaves people looking for more sugar to stabilize their mood, to help them feel better, to get that uppity feeling again. And so this up and down and wanting or looking for the next sugar hit or fix, you know, this is the comparison people are making or associating between sugar and drugs. Could it say, you know, I guess it's technically similar. You know, you have that same desire, that same want. You're after that, that high, that hit, that fix. You know, you want to be up again, you know. But the fact of the matter is that there's little evidence to support the idea that sugar is actually addictive. So... When you stay committed to avoiding added sugars at home, so like, you know, with Pop-Tarts and fr uh, Frosted Flakes or even loaded yogurt parfaits, things like that. When you stay focused on lowering your sugar intake and avoiding sugar as much as possible, what you'll find is that you'll have less cravings for sweets when eating out. And I mentioned eating out because, you know, let's face it, things are getting back to normal here as far as COVID restrictions are concerned, knock on wood. Uh, so so I know a lot of you are going out to eat more often than not these days if you haven't already. So enjoy yourself, you know, when you go out, but stay focused on your goals as far as minimizing or lowering your sugar intake. And now moving along to the seventh sugar fairy tale is sugar is impossible to avoid. I suppose there's uh, a little truth to this, but it's technically not impossible, <laughs> you know? And even though it's not impossible, there's still a huge chunk of the American population that are overdoing it when it comes to sugar. In fact, a huge, a whopping, a ginormous percentage 
75% to be in fact uh, of Americans, 75% of Americans eat more sugar than they should according to the US dietary guidelines. So, and there's, there's an easy way to know whether or not you're one of them because when I heard this fact, I immediately thought like, damn, you know, am I, am I part of this statistic? Like, do I fall within this percentage range? Like, am I part of the 75% or not? But there's an easy way for you to find out. So if you're like me, then here it is. Try logging your food intake for a few days. That's, that's basically it. It's that simple. That'll give you a pretty good sense of how much sweet stuff you're actually eating, how much of it is in your diet. And it'll make it easier to eat less sugar moving forward because you can't improve what you don't measure, period. Why, why do you think a scale is so valuable when tracking fat loss when used right? Preferably a model that calculates your BMI, BMR numbers. Like so You need numbers. You need a baseline because you need to know if what you're doing is bringing you up or if it's bringing you down or if you're staying level, you know? This is no different. If you want to know if you're part of this 75% and you need a baseline, the way you get to your baseline is simple. Again, you measure it, aka write it down in a journal or in some other format that's convenient to you, but you have to write it down, you know, <laughs> and you'll know, like that is what's gonna tell you exactly where you at. And don't worry, if you're overdoing it, then just know that cutting back isn't as painful as you might think. Instead of swearing off your favorite sweet treats, try having smaller portions. Start with that, less is more, think about it. When you're trying to get to that point where you're having less sugar, but you have a lot, you know, you're, you're, you've measured what you're taking in and you're like, man, I'm, it's pretty high. Start dialing it back little by little. Think about it. <laughs> there are half as many grams of sugar and fat and calories in a half a cup of ice cream compared to a whole cup of ice cream. Try and argue <laughs> with me on that one. You know what I mean? <laughs> Don't stop there though. Keep an eye on packaged foods too. You know, things like bread, flavored yogurt, cereal, and even tomato sauce, you know, they can all have added sugar then that, that you might not expect, you know, or more than you that you're expecting. So pay attention to the labels, to those nutritional labels on these packages and look for options that'll help you stay within your daily sugar limit. And now, without further ado, the eighth, and this is a bonus <laughs> because I, I realize this is the, I, I named this the seven fictional tales, but I have one bonus one for you, and it's this. Uh, sugars that are minimally processed or natural are better. So, <laughs> just as with the last point, there's a little truth in this, but not really, <laughs> you know, if that makes sense. So, like, it's true that minimally processed sweeteners, like honey or maple syrup, it's true that they have more nutrients than highly processed ones like regular white sugar, you know what I mean? But the amounts of these nutrients are practically zero. It's practically nothing. And so they probably won't have any actual or measurable <laughs> impact on your health. You know, when it comes to your body, all sources of sugar are the same. Sugar 
is sugar is sugar. <laughs> you know, whether it's naturally occurring or art artificially created, doesn't matter. They're the same. And your body treats them the same also, you know? Like, it, they, it, they don't get any kind of special treatment from your body. You know, when it's going through your body, it isn't like your body doesn't treat it differently, you know? Again, sugar is sugar. Your digestive tract breaks down all sources of sugar into simple sugars called monosaccharides. It literally has no idea whatsoever if it came from, you know, table sugar or honey or agave nectar. Your body does not discriminate. All it sees, all it sees are the monosaccharide sugar molecules floating throughout your body, you know, throughout your system. And they all have the same four calories per gram, period. Like, so, so they all have the same exact impact on your weight. Ain't that some shit? Think about that. It's kind of crazy when you think about it, actually. But here's the bottom line with all this is that sugar isn't a health food. I think we all know this, you know, because if it was, I'm sure there would be a whole hell of a lot more people on Instagram and TikTok showing off their nice old six pack ads. You know what I mean? Am I right? But that being said, it's also not the evil poison that some people make it out to be. Let's be honest here, you know, and while most of us could afford to have less of it, it's perfectly okay to have a little bit, you know, so go ahead, enjoy the occasional sweet treat without the side of guilt, but remember that the operative word in that last statement, enjoy the occasional sweet. The operative word there is occasional. Keep that in mind, and I guarantee that you'll be able to stick to any and all diet regimens that you may choose to follow. Guaranteed. I give you my 100% money back dad explanation. Guaranteed. Like I do with all of my products. Wink, wink. And so, with all that said and done, that's it, you guys. That's my show for today. I hope you found some valuable information here. And if nothing else, I hope I've entertained you for a few minutes and was able to bring you a little manly sunshine to you today. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to listen to me. It's very much appreciated. On next week's episode, we'll be answering the question, is one of the world's most loved drinks affecting your blood pressure? So, fellas, if you've been keeping an eye on your BP, then next week, Week's episode is for you. And look, your health and fitness goals are easier to achieve than you might think. First and foremost, it's all about keeping your mind straight right from the get-go. So I have a freebie for you call the 10 Daspination Mind Hack. That'll help whip your mind into shape so that you can turn around and whip your body into shape. Does that sound good to you? Then head on over to podcast.daspination.com slash mindhack to get your freebie today and start using these 10 hacks to exercise consistently and create the real and lasting results that you're truly after and that you absolutely deserve. That's podcast.daspination.com slash mindhacks. Again, that's podcast.daspination.com slash mindhacks. Be in the know starting right now. Also, don't forget to rate me on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to this episode right now. And leave me a nice, fat, juicy, five-star review and some absolutely beautiful words of why you love the show so much. It really helps me get the word out and it's honestly the one place where your vote truly matters. Until our next chat, take care now. Bye.